This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space researchers, Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF much, Cedric Espen, Sump, AO, torching the blindside blue paper once again. You can feel the passion, the insatiable desire to bring it home. Touched by the Tokyo ambience from the Sumster camp in the blindside, that is the bludging on the blindside, soundproof booth at ABC Grandstand Olympic HQ. And of course, today, bludging on the blindside incorporates dodging Armageddon. Happy Rugby League Australia and happy Golden Tokyo in 2020, now even better in 2021. Day 14 here in T-Town and a day that's traditionally set aside to acknowledge the outstanding work of commentators, presenters and in front of the camera people who bring you the news uh, and uh, action to uh, your living room, your lounge room, your games room, your garage uh, throughout the whole Olympic experience. It's widely known wherever Olympians gather as Bruce's Day. People think it's easy being on TV presenting the Olympic coverage. It's not. It's really surreal and tiring. Just ask Haim the Hammer. Uh, His Supreme Excellency will ask Minister of Sport Big Dick Colbeck to pass on the IOC thanks to everybody involved in the television presenting and uh, transmission caper. The results from these 2020 games, I'm telling you, they're going to take months, if not years, to analyse. Try this lot on for size, and we've still got a day of competition to go. There's the incomprehensible t- New Zealand medal tally, and ah, I, I mean, it's a real head-scratcher. I mean, how did they, sure, you know, my canoe, canoe paddling and all that sort of gear, but they were winning, winning medals everywhere. A lot of gold, too. I don't like that. There's the thrill of uh, seeing the Philippines bag their first gold, the brave, gracious tilt of the San Marino trap shooters that will live with me forever, Andrew Hoy bringing it home on Vasily Delosos for silver using the bum alone, the courage of the ballet dancing, ta- uh, t- uh, you know, tap dancing plumber to grab our first boxing medal in three decades. Sure, it was a bronze, but it's still a medal. Not to mention the miracle of this summer for the Italians. Not since the 30s have the Azzurri performed so well at this level. Yesterday they scored gold in the 75-kilogram karate, the women's 20K walk and the 4 by 100 relay. Australia, go figure. Now, cryptocurrency freaks, judges and court officials doing everything by Zoom, dentists working the drill, rural and regional dry cleaners. Welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side, incorporating dodging Armageddon. This is H.G. Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week, what an incredible week. I won't go in too much sport, it's barely enough, and I won't dwell. I won't dwell, but the big disappointment in Tokyo is Olympic cycling. It used to be our go cycling, now it's our bloody go slow. It was just a lucky medal the other day when New Zealand fell over. That's how bad it's got. We're relying on New Zealand to fall over so we can get a podium. 
God almighty. Now, I'm going to move on to international sport because I can't bear to dwell on that. International news and football. Angers Hoops get their first win. Great relief oozed around Scottish football when Celtic had a big win over the Czech side Jablonkek. I hope I've got that pronunciation right. In the Europa League third round qualifier. Tune! Angers lot four. Czechs two. Cricket. And could quarantine issues rob the Summer of Ashes series? Like, I know there's a lot of problems with this series because now Archer's out and, you know, it looks like a very B team that would come at best and, well, bring them out, bring them out. Let's see if we can knock these tests over in a week. Uh, anyway, former England skipper Michael Vaughan says he fears the players will withdraw because they're exhausted by bubble life during the T20 World Cup and IPL commitments. And let's face it, that's where their money is. Speaking of cricket, T20, I mean... I know Roy alerted me to this, so I had to go back and have a look. Thank goodness there was a power failure, so no one saw it. This week, Australia, wait for it, 108. Tigers from Bangladesh, 131. The Tigers, the Banglers, got the old gold dark chocolate peppermint block. Now, and what's going on with Rugby League World Cup? It's, it's now postponed to 2022 and moved to Britain. The NRL says teams from Australia and New Zealand will now be in it. <sighs> Robbers a lot of its magic, though, doesn't it? Still with Rugby League, breaking news. One of the big Watusi in 2021, Melbourne Storm boss, says there's now 10 million large on the table to take the whole shebang to the MCG and play it inside the ring of steel. Remember the bludge broke the story, broke the story and bloke the story last week that former Collingwood Supremo Eddie the Bloke Maguire suggested a ring of steel be thrown around the MCG for the AFL granny. Everybody who wants to see the big one will quarantine for a fortnight inside the ROS and be tested every day. The Bludge asks, could the ring stay up for a week and the NRL boot-scooting wheeze be played on the following Sunday in the traditional time slot? Well, the murderer, no surprises here, he's now off to Adelaide to see if he can flog off the AFL big show to the city of churches for a nice collect. He says it's an insurance policy should the worst happen. Apparently, he only needs uh, 24 hours to kill it off stone dead and make the whole shebang disappear. And in on-field action, Toby Green... The ever-popular and likeable Toby Green is making a late charge for Grub of the Year 2021. In spectacular fashion, Giant V Cats last night, he's thrown down the gauntlet late in the season. He could be unstoppable from here for the uh, G-O-T-Y. Rugby union and player behaviour is in the spotlight again. The Wallabies run amok in New Zealand and a plane full of sevens and Olaroos get very excited on the way home from Japan. But no one spewed nothing in the dunnies. That's my mail from the team. The probe finds that no one spewed nothing in the dunnies, so that's great. Incidentally, the Wallabies now have a big task in the uh, House of Pain, a.k.a. Eden Park, for the first of the Bledisloes tonight. And it looks as though due to COVID issues, they're going to be back there next week. Racing, the traditional rural and regional cup opener for the new horse year, was running one on Thursday that... uh, Mid-coast or it's central, you know, mid-north coast duel of Coffs Harbour hosted uh, the Cup. The first has mentioned for the new year. It's Lily, saluted from Greek hero Willow Tito, plugging home third. Great start to the season. And the traditional uh, city pipe opener at Ramwick this afternoon, the Missile Stakes is up for grabs. Aussies, fired up by the promise of Australia. It's tremendous to have you with us as we probe forward through the solidly backed up storage of the week's sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go to get a go. And if you've got something, for God's sake, get back in the queue for another go. And when you've had a go, another go, get in the queue for another go. I mean, that's the Australian way. And remember, Diggs, where we'll get there and we'll know we're there when we get there. Because when we're there, we'll know we're there and we won't have to go anywhere because we're there. 
I think that's the spirit of the PM's current position. To get the blindside barge away from the wharf, let's lock horns with a man who has uh, had a run of outs injury-wise in the build-up to these Olympics. He doesn't shy away from this. It's been an interrupted preparation. He began his Tokyo preparations in Lithgow just after Rio in 2016. He realised he needed a bit more... Uh, well, to improve his resilience, he needed a bit more grace. So he set off not knowing where to turn, but headed in the direction of Orange. He walked to Orange, but there he understood he needed more composure, so he strolled back to Bathurst, where he stumbled on dignity and gravitas, so he headed to Oberon before catching the train to Contumba. The journey is not complete, and Olympic Germany is never complete. Uh, that's the message of the ancient games and the message of the games today. But the man on the stroll for five ring glory in the Volley OC bolt sliders is now known across Japan as Mr. Olympic Journey. That man is rampaging Roy Slam. Roy, can we get the bludging on the blind side, buddy, including the dodging Armageddon bunny in motion simply by asking what highlights caught your wrestler side this week? Hey, yes, thank you very much and happy rugby league, HG San, and happy rugby league, Australia San. Uh, look, I said I would make this a public announcement. Um, I, I, I just need to honour this and I need to thank His Highness, His Highest Excellency, uh, John Coates and the AOC for the very attractive gift pack they delivered to my hotel room this morning. I know you haven't had a chance to open it yet, HG. It's that lovely uh, pine timber box <laughs> that has arrived uh-huh. and uh, this is just a bit of a gift from the AOC to... Those who were brave enough to uh, come to Tokyo to call the games. You know, for me, I didn't see it as being particularly brave or anything. I just, it's something I, I wanted to do. To, to be honest, I'd have paid to have done it. Um, uh, I said that to him, but he said, no, 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 it's just something from us. I said, well, it was a beautiful gift pack. I have, have had a look at it. I opened the box. Lovely bottle of French champagne. Not the very best, but quite good. Quite good. Uh, a lovely jar of beluga caviar, which I haven't tried, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, you would it. be. Um, uh, no jats or anything to have it with, so I'm a little unsure as to how to have it with you. Just use a spoon, I don't know. Anyway, well, we'll talk You'll about it, it later. Yeah, I'll work it out. Uh, there was a, a litre bottle of white truffle oil, which I'm looking forward to using. I, I, I don't use truffle oil very often. In fact, I've only used it once. Mm. Um can't remember whether it was any good or not. It, it sort of gives a sort of umami feel to your scrambled eggs, uh, I've discovered. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And the amount I've got, honestly, it'll last me a lifetime. No, it will. Yeah, as long as it uh, stays. Uh, I don't know if you need to preserve it or keep it in the fridge. I don't know. I'll find out. Uh, there was 200 grams of saffron, which I'm looking forward to just using a pinch of here and there. Wow, that's very It's very – I know, and it does last. I know that. Yeah. Uh, there was a coupon for four tonnes of coal and tickets for a tour of the Roy Hill Mine, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Um, now, I assume I can get these foodstuffs through customs. You'll be home. able to do that. I should be able to. I think I, so. I think the box has got uh, Olympic, uh, you oh, know, okay. um, compliance. Yeah, Olympic compliance. Olympic compliance, yeah. yeah. But thank you very much, AOC. Totally unnecessary, but I do appreciate it. And, and I speak on behalf of HG as well and all the other media uh, represent, representing us, the Australian media, that is, uh, here in Tokyo. And no Australian products, which was refreshing, wasn't it? Uh, yes, that's right. That's right. See, I, I, I thought the travel oil might have been sourced in Tasmania, but oh, it wasn't. No. But it wasn't. No. No, so no, no. French... Mind you, I'm led to believe that Tasmanian travels are the uh, best in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Best in the world. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we can talk about that a little bit later on. <laughs> we might throw up the cl- phone yeah, lines. Throw up the lines and see. <laughs> a pole. Which, of travel oils. Is it the best Where does the Tasmanian travel oil stand? 
Head of the pack, as far as I'm concerned. Now, as HG's mentioned, our Rugby Sevens heroes, they just had a few beers on the plane from today. Look, there was a little bit of damage to two of the chairs, two of the seats in the plane, but that can be fixed so easily. It's a very small price to pay to have uh, some Rugby heroes on the flight and the rest of the people uh, in the plane... They enjoyed. Well, they were all Aussies and all Olympians. They they knew what was going on and they loved seeing our our, our, our rugby sevens sevens team. Who did so well. Who did so well having a few beers. I know. What's wrong with that? Just a few beers. (laughs) A few beers on the flight. God almighty, because they're in lockdown now. No beers there. Can't blame them. They're in the centre of resilience. Yes. Three wallabies dropped for the Bledisloe, as she's mentioned, for having a few beers. Look, there was no damage done, no damage to any seats, no damage to nothing. It was just a little bit of team bonding. That's all. A little bit of team bonding. God almighty. And why can't... You're in Auckland. You're facing the House of Pain. What are you going to do? You're going to have a few beers and a little bit of team bonding. Well, three of them did. I don't see anything wrong with it because there was no damage done. No one was punched. No one was attacked. No one fell asleep no at the wheel of the car. No one fell asleep at the wheel of a car. Nobody did any damage to nothing. Now, the Socceroos are denied a home advantage in the World Cup qualifier against China because of obviously COVID lockdown, etc. None of the to the the uh, the uh, so the the, the uh, Socceroos who are living overseas having to come to Australia, they don't want to go through the fourteen days of lockdown. They lose their timing, lose their fitness, all that sort of stuff. So, and the Chinese were less than willing to come here as well for reasons you can understand. So, it looks like this might have to be played in I think Qatar. Oh. It might be going to be played. Yeah. This, that's the word that's reaching me at this stage. They got a bronze in volleyball, Qatar. They did. They did. They did. They, how they did it, I don't know. Matthew Wade is handed the captaincy for the T20 Bangladesh, Bangladesh tour over Alex Carey. Now, Alex Carey did a fantastic job. Mm. Uh, he got the best out of Stark, I'll tell you that. I think we might have made mention of that last week and the week before. He got the best out of Stark and he got the best out of Mitchell Marsh. And Mitchell Marsh is the only one who can hold his head up high in this outfit. Anyway, under Matthew Wade, predictable result. As HD has mentioned, we got bashed up by Bangladesh. They've never beaten us before, never once. And here they are. They've beaten us three times on the trot. I mean, they're just making us look like idiots and we are. With, uh, you know, I've got – Matthew Wade is a very good friend, but I know – but he's an idiot. He admits he's an idiot. He admits he's an idiot. He's the first to say, you know, you walk into a room where Matthew Wade is and you've just got to say, well, all idiots put their hand up, please, he's the only one that does. Reliably. That's how he greets you. That's why I like him, because of his honesty. Honesty. You know, he said to me the other day, he gave me a phone call. I said, hello, Matthew, how are you getting on? He said, oh, I'm being a bit of a goose. I said, well, nothing new there, is there, fella? He said, yeah, I'm a bit of an idiot, Roy, you know that. And I said, yeah, I do know that. That's why I like him. (laughs) Anyway, this bloke is captain. Talk about the Peter Principle. Here it is writ large. You know, it's just not – uh, and Head's got a role here. Head's got a role. I, I don't know if it's Langer responsible for this or whether it, uh, it's Cricket Australia, but, uh, but you know, examination has got to be done and uh, someone's got to be answerable. At this stage, nobody has fronted the press. Uh, Langer hasn't fronted the press. You can't expect the idiot to front the press because he's just going to say, I'm an idiot. What do you expect? <laughs> and that is unfulfilling. I think it's unfulfilling. 
And I don't think it's good enough for Australian cricket. It makes those Australian cricketers who are in lockdown doing the right thing, you know, your, 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 your Smiths, et cetera, your, your Finches who's injured, it makes them, it besmirches their reputation as well. It makes all, you know, it makes all the, the great cricketers who've, who've gone before us, you know, AB. Warney. Warney. All of these greats. It makes them look slightly, well, slightly ridiculous. Mm. Slightly ridiculous. I mean, it's not often I get really upset about Australian cricket, but I am at the moment. I know I'm not alone. Uh, now, it would appear England's not keen to come here for the Ashes Tour this year, and I know the reason. They're, they're worried about it being too hot. You remember when they were here last oh. time? Uh, I went along to the SCG to watch uh, a session. Man, Third day, I, I think. I had to leave. It was 50 degrees. And Root was ended up in hospital Root that went day. to hospital, yeah, with exhaustion. What do they want? Kill well, people? They, they, they will kill people. I mean, it's just unacceptable. Yeah. I, and, and I know uh, this, is, this is their fear, that, again, it's going to be just far too hot. Uh, I mean, you couldn't play cricket in Tokyo at the moment. It's too hot. You couldn't play cricket in Greece at the moment. It's too hot. You couldn't play cricket in Turkey at the moment. It's too hot. And there are areas in the United States where you couldn't play cricket at the moment because there are fires everywhere. Yeah. I mean, something is going on and it's affecting cricket. It's going to be a wintertime sport soon, isn't it? it? Well, it will be. It's, it's, the, it's the only thing future. we can do. The future, the, the future of cricket is, uh, you know, July. Uh, playing on the Snowy Mountains. Yeah, correct. In, you know... Wintertime. Now, Nick Kyrgios admits he's not playing well enough to get angry and he only plays well when he's angry. God, it's a problem, this one, isn't it? His head's in the shed, he said. His head's in the shed, yeah. He said he's right in the shed. You know, I know Nick very well. He's a terrific young Australian. Outstanding. Uh, but the first to admit that he's slightly, you know, slightly barking. Um, and that being the case, uh, he knows he plays well when he's barking. Um, but he's got to get himself barking to play well. Uh, at the moment, he can't find any reason to bark, so he can't find any reason to play well. It's a, it's a weird thing, and uh, I, I don't know what we can do about it. I just hope uh, Nick – I hope someone upsets him. That's what's got to happen. Someone's got to get into his face and say, you're a goose. I might do it this morning. I might do it when, once we get off here. Maybe it'll fire him up. Uh, when I last saw H.G., Hannah Green was still looking uh, for a golf bronze at this stage in the Olympic Games. Uh, she was doing a terrific job. And it, Oh, no, she's failed. It's gone. Oh, slipped it's gone. out of a grass. Slipped out of a grass. And she stepped up to the podium. Oh, man, I was so <laughs> counting on that. I had money on that. I had a lot of money on that. That was your try that right was, there. That was the one that was going to bring it home. She came eighth. <laughs> well, I didn't have money, any money on her coming eighth. You should have taken what, that multi. I, I, I see Peter Corder's uh, daughter. She's winning. She uh, got gold, I assume. She was... She was is it still going? Oh, man. Can't She's in the When I last looked, she was in the lead. She was in the lead, mm. yeah. What a credit to Peter Corder. Oh. What a credit to Peter Corder. Remember when he won the Australian Open? Yeah, the, and that the, jumping the, the scissors he does. Jumping, oh, I know they just all that. And people encouraged him by yes. saying, jump, 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 jump. He was one of the very few tennis players at the time to admit that he was using steroids because he didn't realise steroids were, were banned. Were banned. Yeah. He had no idea. You know, ignorance is innocence in this case, and I was prepared to, you know, Go let, to it, let it ride. Yeah. Let it ride. Keep it. Keep the Australian Open. Of course, a wonderful week for the greatest game of all. Uh, the storm appeared to be terrifying, HG. This win la last weekend over Penrith was just astonishing. And this team has no room for Pappenhausen. 
Can you believe that? A team with no room for Pappenhausen? I know. It is incredible what's happening with the Melbourne Storm. And speaking of the Storm, that that deal we yes. broke last week about the cheese becoming a chook, yes. that looks to be off now. Is that right? Yeah, the cheese is staying a storm. It's staying, staying a stormer. Yeah. <whistles> Big news, you heard it here first. Josh Morris is out for a month for East. God, it's been a tricky year for East, hasn't it? Everything falling over for them. Uh, I don't think we're going to see much of East in the back end of the year. I really don't. Uh, nor do I think we're going to see much out of Newcastle, even though they've got uh, Caelan Ponga uh, pencilled in now as captain. It's oh, not often you get a fullback as captain, do you? It no. doesn't happen very often in rugby league. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you this as a fact, it never works. Uh, now, uh, great news, actually. Adam Reynolds last night became the highest scorer for South Sydney. Overtake- In the history of the game? Yes, overtaking the record of the great Eric Sims. I never saw. I thought I'd see it happen. But uh, he's now the highest scorer for that grand establishment club, South Sydney. Isn't that amazing? That wow. is absolutely amazing. I, I texted him this morning to congratulate him. Well, I texted him last night, as a matter of fact, uh, to congratulate him on behalf of all uh, uh, listeners to this program. But, uh, wow, what a week. Make of that what you will. When you've done your best, but it's not good enough, build a better version of yourself by bludging on the blind side. That crate, I'm looking forward to getting home and having a look at oh, back to the box, hotel. Yeah, your magic my, my, box. Yeah, that is right. great. And it's to hard th- to use that much saffron I'm working out, HG. That's mm. a lot of saffron, yeah. two, 200 grams. It, you, the best saffron, I think, comes from Iran. So if you've, you look I on think the it paper, is. Yeah, yeah, it would be Iranian saffron. I think it is. <clears throat> and that is very, the, the top it, shelf it's saffron. It's tasty? Is it, it tasty? Oh, it's magnificent. Yeah, where do you best use it? Do you use it in, in, in scrambled eggs, for example, <laughs> with truffle oil? I do. Yeah. I try and make the scrambled eggs anything but egg. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's a revolution that... A little bit of truffle oil, a little bit of saffron. Yeah. And oh, I, okay. I, I, I borrow a lot out of MasterChef when I go oh, yes. for eggs. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That, okay. Great source of interest. You don't get much... There are not many saffron recipes, are there? Well, you know, you, there's a, obviously a basic ingredient in saffron rice. Yeah. Oh, that's a, true. You know, things like that. And a, as a, I'm not a real lover of saffron rice, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, just that's just In me. passing. Yeah. yeah. So um, I have to find some other way of using the bloody stuff. Look, I, if you'd alerted me, I probably could have bought in a book on... On saffron. saffron oh, no, yeah. I'll look it up. I'll Google it. I'll say, yeah. you know, something like, got a lot of saffron, what do I do? Yeah, give it away. <laughs> now, <clears throat> look... Well, it's about 10 grand... Uh, Oh, it's extremely Killer. expensive. Extremely expensive. Yeah. How much have you got? About 500 grams? 200 grams. 200 got. grams. Oh, you've got a couple of grand there. Yeah. Now, uh, we get the boxes, but get this. This is, they've been part of the Olympics since 1896. Mm. But the participation medals handed to every Olympic athlete have been quietly shelved here in Tokyo. I can't believe that. No, this is going to get you as offside as T20 cricket. Yeah. Officials from several countries, several countries, say they've tried and failed to find out what's happened to the medals this year and believe they've been dumped. <sighs> now, athletes still get their commemorative pins as acknowledgement of their participation, but the medals, which are highly prized yeah. and often become collector's items, are nowhere to be seen in Tokyo. Yeah. The certificates that used to be awarded to all participants in the Games, including officials, have also been scrapped. Instead... Participants have been sent a link. Yeah. How about this? A link yeah. and encouraged to print their own at home. Oh, how sad is that? How sad is that? I mean, that certificate 
most most athletes, most participants, you frame that and you put it in your put it in your bedroom or in your office yeah. or somewhere as a con- constant reminder. Okay. Usually they're, they're they're beautifully presented and yeah. beautifully produced. But if you're going to have to print it yourself, a lot of the athletes don't have colour printers for a start. They'd just be using laser black and white. Now, so it's going to look pretty dull, and it's going to fade after a couple of years. And you and me can make our own, yeah, and pretend they're great, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But the medal business, that medal, people love, the, the athletes love those medals. Uh, Source said the participation medals were popular with international athletes, particularly uh, the majority. Those that don't win anything. Exactly. Good on you. Who did not receive gold, silver or bronze. Yes. It gives you something to take home when you get back to your village. You know, you get back to your village, HG, you come back a hero. You, oh, where you been? Tokyo. Oh, how was it? Can we see your medal? Yeah, here it is. And kids touch it and feel it. They, they get a tactile, tactile sense of what it's like to mm. be there. Mm. If you've got no medal, you've just got a stupid bloody pin. It's not the same. Kids aren't interested in pins. Uh, it is, it, apparently, uh, enormous budget blowouts due to COVID delays, et cetera, was the reason. It's quite a mystery. No one seems to know what's happened, a source said. The IOC, as in Coates, said it uh, knows nothing about the decision, which appears to be made by the Tokyo Olympic Committee. Right. Organising committee, but several committees have approached the Tokyo organisers and not been able to find anything about the medals. Right. They keep saying they're looking into it, but Is the it NOC, head in the sand, head in, head the, in sand? the sand. Yeah, NOCs uh, are hearing nothing about the partic- uh, participation medals. It's such an inten- insensitive move. Yes. The athletes don't get paid for being here. The no, participation medals give a real sense. This is what you're talking about yeah. of purpose and something to go home and show that they're an Olympian. They're two days. Maybe it's not too late. <sighs> Well, I think it is too late. Those medals, they've, they've, got to be de- they've got to be designed, you know. What happens to the vomiters on the plane on the way home? Yeah, well, they didn't have any They any didn't any have medals. participation medals. No. And let's face it, they didn't win any medals either. No, they didn't. So they just looked like... But they were Aussie heroes. Oh, I know they're heroes to you and me. Mm. But to a lot of people on the flight, they just saw these big blokes, you know, breaking chairs, breaking the seating on the plane, having had a few too many. And vomiting. And, they, and vomiting. And they didn't know who they were. They didn't have any medal to identify them. They, they just look like, you know, bullheads rather than heroes. I know. That's right. Now. I hope the pilot pointed out that the... Well, on the intercom. The, the gentlemen yes. who uh, might be drawing a little bit of attention to themselves. Uh, uh, Australian, uh, Australian heroes, Olympic coming heroes. Coming back from the front. Coming back from the front line in yeah. Tokyo and they haven't been given any uh, participation medals. So that's why they just look like ordinary, you know, bullheads and they're not. They're special. <laughs> The Bludge is principal sponsor of the Brad Thorne Mega Centre for Football Excellence. It's open to all, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's free. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Ah, yes, now. There's certainly plenty of action to come later today. We've got uh, the King of King Island, Stuart McSween. Uh, Now... What's great is uh, obviously everybody knows about Bass Strait and the Bass Strait story and how much great work they've done with the King Island Cammon Bears sponsoring the rugby league side and yes. so on, the, the, what would you call it, the yep. rugby league side that doesn't play. Are we still pulling oil out of Bass Strait each year? I assume I, we are. Yeah, we'd have to be. We'd have to be. Now, they've already named a Parmigiana after him called the Gopher Gold Stewie. Um, That's a novel sound. They've thought about that, haven't they? They have. They've really thought it through. And yeah. they've, it, What's it look like, the well, Parmigiana? 
Well, it seems to feature, apart from saffron, gold pineapple rings. Gold pineapple rings? Yeah. Now, I don't know what the connection is. I mean, no. is, So is, you've got your veal wrapped in breadcrumbs and bread egg. Breadcrumbs and egg. With a little bit of saffron, saffron in there, in the mix, yeah. yeah. And a little then, bit of truffle oil drizzled over the, <laughs> drizzled over to the give veal. To that flavour. Before you, you know. Yeah, you fry it up. Yeah. And then, of course, it comes with the sauce. Yes. And then the... Um, well, I assume the pineapple, pineapple rings, rings to... on top, stuck wow. in the sauce, and then cheese on top. Whoa. Starting to be a meal. And I tell you Sounds what. Sounds horrible, if, I must admit. Oh, steady. <laughs> no, look, I just don't think truffle oil and saffron go that well with pineapple. I might be wrong. Yeah, no, well, we did some I experiment. I might be wrong. But they can drop out some of the condiments and yeah, then right. stick with the basics. Anyway, the uh, Golden Circle, I'm just wondering is, are they thinking about getting into growing pineapples down there with climate change and everything oh. like that going on? I mean, they won't be long before you'll be able to grow pineapples on King Island. Dead right. Now, well, I'm, Dead right. And if they did, they'd be the purest, most oh, beautiful. Brilliant. Just imagine them, can't you? How sweet they'd be. Yeah. yeah. Now... There's a call for the King Island Dairy who make, you know, the camemberts uh, to make a commemorative cheddar. Good. If, uh, you know, Stewie uh, gets a medal. Right. Um, Gee, that puts pressure on him, doesn't it? It does. I mean, how many kids would love to have a cheese named after them? Oh, well, imagine going to school and cutting off a slice and just saying, the reason why I've got this is because... Yes. And even though I don't have a participation medal, I have something better yeah. and producing, let's say, yeah, a yeah, colour. Yeah. And this cheese, would it be called McSween? Cheddar. Cheddar? Well, I'm open to suggestions. Yes. Vintage McSween. Yes. Uh, or, you know, heritage. I yeah. know there's a heritage, yeah, yeah, great yeah, heritage yeah, yeah. community of cheesemakers there. so. King Island's more known for its, its soft ripe oh, cheeses, I know, I know, isn't I know, it, than its I know, cheddars. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, I might I, be wrong. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure what, you know, this was just maybe the author of this article using the term cheddar. Oh. You know, so I'm not I'm not oh, suggesting okay. they bang out a line of cheddars. No. But, I mean, no, there's no, plenty no, of soft no. cheeses that could have a... Well, that's know. true, but I just hope a lot of, you know, cheese manufacturers don't jump the gun, you know. Oh, if, I know. It, 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 well, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if Kraft threw out a... Oh, a McSween cheddar pretty quickly to steal the thunder. Well, that'd be terrible. That, I know, but there's no rule against it. There's no, nothing to stop Kraft saying, oh, well, well I no, tell you no, what, this is, our, this is our McSween cheddar. Well, we, if we, if I think that's enough of talk like that because if that happens, we're not going to mention Kraft at all ever on the No, we, we won't. <laughs> Australians... Rugby league crime is at pandemic proportions. Referees and officials can't see everything, but together we can. If you see rugby league crime, then as an Australian, do your duty and report it to Bludging on the Blind Side. Text us on 0467 920 2. On the other hand, if King Island Dairy put out a McSween, we'll mention it every week. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, those... those... But you need time, don't you, to age a cheddar. You can't Well, just... I'm not suggesting they do it this year, as no. in put it on the shelf this year for sale. But maybe they've got one, one there that they've oh. had there for 10 or 20 years that's just ripening beautifully that could take the McSween name. name. Yeah, well... I assume is... that's what's happened. They must have... They must have plants, yeah. Back in the, they would have, yeah, in a you know, bit of a timber structure on the back of the, yeah, and they turn them around every so often, yeah. You enter every twenty years and roll them once. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, um, the um, the um, I noticed the mayor of King Island, if that's the right um, oh, yeah. office, was saying what a great place it is to run. You is know, it? there's plenty of beaches and uh, fresh air and so on. Yes. It's a very good place for anybody who's interested in running yes. to think about spending some time there. Running Look, around. I haven't been. Is it undulating topography, HG, or has it got some flats that you can... No, there's flats there. There's flats there? Yeah, good. you don't have to yeah. run up and down hills no, all good. the time. Okay. Um, not like Heard Island or something like that. No. Like or Macquarie Island, which yes. is just a big hill in the middle. Yeah. Now, um, coming to um, the problem of flights home, and I noticed the hockey, is it the hockey people have broken curfew or broken... Uh, you know, out of the COVID bubble yes. in Japan and gone to the local, uh, you know, BWS or oh, local right. liquor land and bought a couple of slabs and come back Did in they? and they're now in the trouble and oh, because they? of the COVID protocols. You can understand it. Can... I mean, surely officials could give them a little bit of slack, eh? Well, I think they're, I think they're dealing with this in quite a, a sober manner, yeah, if I can coin the phrase. Right. Um, they, they say, There's no talk of punishments, is there? Well, the poorly, the, the three in New Zealand, the three musketeers in New Zealand seem to have copped a lot of punishment. Oh, yeah. They, they're not allowed to play. No, and, no, uh, no. You know. No, and they've had dreams of playing at Eden Park all their lives. <laughs> dashed. <laughs> dashed. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, a I think it's only Corabiti they'll miss, really. Yeah, the other two seem to be. The other two seem to be. You hangers know, on. Resi- yeah. Now, Reserves. a difficult for uh, uh, Rugby Australia is that the 13 players involved are off contract. Now the Olympics, this is the uh, the sevens coming back. Oh, yeah. That the 13 players involved are off contract. Now the Olympics are over. Right. Meaning it's a bit hard to punishment if they're off contract. So there's, mm. you know, they can do whatever they Is there any talk like. of them being snapped up by the Wallabies, HG? Well, six are in the midst of contract negotiations to remain with the, with with the, the Wallabies. Well, yeah, good question. I'm not sure how oh. sevens and Wallabies seem to be, as a game, seem to be heading in different directions. Oh, right. They might be snapped up by Eastwood or, or you know, Manly Warringah or. Now, speaking of that. Mm. Did I see an item in the paper suggesting the shoot shield wasn't on yeah, because I did of see COVID that. Yeah. for the first time in ever? a thousand years? In a thousand years, well, yeah. a fair while anyway. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> love the shoot shield. I just love the way it's covered too. I mean, <laughs> the is it seven that? Oh, had it this year I'd be guessing it wouldn't be. No, okay. Now, well, whoever had it, it was just magical. You know, as right. you say, the one camera coverage. That's all you need. And now. Major questions hang over the future of both sevens programs, this is men's and women's, mm-hmm. particularly given the return on investment after performances of which national teams uh, both failed to win a medal in Tokyo. Can I say, mm, mm. see, in Rio, yeah. the girls were just magnificent. They won every match and they just uh, tore it apart. They did. Now, of course, sevens moves on. Mm-hmm. Other teams look at what Australia's doing and think, well, maybe we could do something similar mm-hmm. and, and have it. And have. now the Fijians yeah. won the blokes, I'm they pretty did, sure. They did, for the second time. Mm. Right, that's right. That's for the right. second time. And it was difficult for them. Remember they had to get the flight over in that odd... Oh, in the cargo plane. In the cargo plane. They went yeah, through the they Cook were sitting Islands with the boxes and... of saffron and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> truffle oil. <laughs> truffle oil, yeah. And they had to go to Cook Islands and then on to PNG right. and then it, back it, to Samoa. It took and... about 47 hours <laughs> yeah, to fly right. from Fiji to Tokyo. Yeah, that's Normally right. Normally you'd do it in four. Now, what do you think of this? This raises the question, I don't know how much more we can unpack on it, yeah. of sports in, sports out. Mm. Now, I you've said the pub test. Now, I would have thought that Sevens could have passed the pub test. Yeah, I think Sevens has passed the 
pub test. Then we come to yeah. weightlifting, which yeah. we might get to talk about yeah. in a bit. But yeah. you know, generally speaking, it passes the pub test weightlifting because it's been there for so long. Yeah, it's just that we rarely get anyone who's really good at it, and that's what we've got to unearth in the next three years between now and Brisbane opening, uh, or you know, it's more than ten years. Paris, more, yeah, Paris. That's what we've got to find between now and Paris. And, and three years is plenty of time to unearth someone who can throw, you know, something, throw in something in the air. Yeah, yeah. You know, the seeds that Dean Lucan showed sowed all those years ago, I think, when he went to LA, no, my, uh, 84, could that be right? Maybe round about then. Yeah. They yeah. just haven't borne any fruit, they have they? Have they? They haven't. You uh, thought, uh, well, it's yeah. a glamour sport and we can do it. And he's a, yeah. he's a great uh, representative of Australia. Sure, sure. Tuna fisherman and stuff like yeah, that. Well, that's what I mean. More, more people got involved with tuna than they did with weightlifting. And I'll tell and you why. i tell you why. It's because of the tuna throw. Yeah. As part of the Port Lincoln Festival. Yes. Now, why isn't that, why aren't Is we, that still going, the tuna throw? I think so. Right. It's a frozen tuna with a lump of rope yeah, around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Well, that's what we need everywhere. We need, say, in King Island to have the cheese throw. You know, the, the local areas get big things to hurl to unearth someone who's like, oh, good. They could go all the way. Why not put the tuna throw in the Olympics? Because it would be something, draw attention to the problem of sea, fish and all that sort of stuff. Well, I suppose, I suppose it would, but I, I'm happier seeing someone lift something inert, to be honest. Goal kickers, are you wearing Kikau 97s? You should be. University tests prove the Kikau is 97% more accurate than its nearest competitor. Check the stats with bludging on the blind side. Now, just before we come to the first fat of the afternoon, this uh, you've raised a very important point because there's been tragedy at the Olympics today in the pentathlon. Ooh. Now, what's happened is the people have done their round, you know, they're shooting and they're fencing and they're swimming and they're running mm. and they come to the horse thing. Oh, yeah. And I assume because of all sorts of things, mm. the rules are you get 20 minutes to bomb with the horse and work out the bum work and the brain and the brain. Yeah, the astral like stuff. Is, is this the first time they meet the horse each day? Exactly. They've never met the horse before in their life. They're off the float. Wow. You pluck a number and all of a sudden you've got winks or all of a sudden you've got rooting king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you have to bond with the horse and get them to do things. Right. So it's a skill. Now what's happened is a lot of horses think as though running around in the humidity and heat of Tokyo is beyond them so they don't want to do it. Uh-huh. So then, of course, what happens is the the metal contenders get a bit uppity mm-hmm. and start, as I understand it, hitting the horses. What, punching them? <laughs> Did they respond, these horses, HD, to a punch? Because often a good punch in the face will bring a horse around to your way of thinking. Uh, I'm not recommending it. Can I go back to the 1900 and suggest that... We're back there again yeah. because in 1900 there used to be a, a competition of how many pigeons you could shoot. That's Elegant right. Elegant po- competition. Yeah. Bang, one yeah. falls down, one to you. Bang, yeah. two fall down, one to them. That's so right. Very elegant, very very easy to control. Yes. No, no, nothing bonding about it, nothing no, no, so no, no, no. elegant. So but the, the Olympics the, decided. eventually re- replaced by targets, so clay targets. Correct. Now, yeah. I think we've discussed Now, are you suggesting before. that the horse should be replaced with a tractor, something like that? I am. Right. Well, I just a tractor you've never met before. It's a brand you don't know. Not bad. So you have a mechanical knowledge. Yeah. Now that would get back to your warlike thing yeah. because you know moving people around is part mm. of war. Yes. And tractors towing things or you know yeah, or APCs a, or whatever it is. Yes, or a Bradley fighting vehicle yeah, or something Bradley, like that. Perfect. perfect that, that'd perfect, be perfect. perfect. Yeah. You know they're not easy to drive. They're not with, easy to turn with over. With a busted clutch. Yes. <laughs> the clutch can get it going. <laughs> 
but I just don't like the idea that horses are being punched. It's okay in racing and where people are whipping them and all that sort of stuff because yeah. they understand the rules. Yeah. But in the Olympics, they had a they passed a rule that we wouldn't hurt animals. Could I suggest actually a way, an elegant way of solving this would be to have your bonding with the horse that twenty minute crucial bonding time behind a, a barrier. <laughs> I think that's behind what... screens, and so when they come out. You know, it's all tickety boo. Yeah, we know look, where I, we stand. I, yeah, and the black eye the horse has got is <laughs> obviously banged into the end. That's right. the running right. That's right. Ran into a door. <laughs> the new twenty dollar note could have a rugby league theme, but footyheads, we need your support to make this dream a reality. Imagine Super Real Gutho has the face on the new twenty. Get involved at Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, Roy. <clears throat> on the text here, HG. Yes. Um, now, uh, Greg is suggesting, Greg from Concord, who's suggesting the Cam Smith show. Uh, he's wondering if Cam will focus on uh, accountancy skills. He was known as the accountant. Uh, whether he's done accountancy, I'm uncertain, but he's suggesting his show, this is the Cam Smith Live show, will be an indulgence in uh, Excel spreadsheets, pivotal tab- pivot tables, tax law and Ponzi schemes. Isn't that great? Look, we I, I had that on to discuss. Well, it's the right time of year because people are thinking of tax now, aren't yeah. they? And we broke the story that he's got his own live show. A live show, and, yes. And, and we wondered, Ponzi, what, what, what he was going to do, whether yeah. he was just going to come out and talk rugby league, but well, he, he might take questions about tax. Because he must have had difficulties with tax. He would have. He would have. He'd been on a fair whack for a fair while. He'd know a few of the... Lurks. Yeah. Now, or things you can take deductions off for. Now, your double-entry bookkeeping, which is a big thing I know for you... Yes. It revolutionised, revolutionised how society works. Italian invention. Italian invention. Dario, I think, is the person who picked it up. The ledger and the general journal. That's all you need. And what was great about it was was that that gave him an advantage yes. over other nation states. Is going way back. It did, and it uh, did for a long, long time. Italy was well ahead of the game because of that double entry bookkeeping. I'd love to open up Camp Smith about that. <laughs> do you think? Do you think this is going to be an entertaining night? I mean, apart from oh, well, when you mix it all together, you know, you got the rugby league highlights, the you, songs, you the magic, the, the songs, the double entry, bookkeeping. the double entry bookkeeping, the how to hide money, yeah. you know, how to make it look as if you got none. When the tax yeah. department come, where's your money? I ain't got none. Oh, fair enough. Good on you, Cam. See you later. And then, and then you where you pull it out from? Where you know where you hide the box? And whether you should get into cryptocurrencies or yes. you know all of that That's or you right. know. Uh, property versus shares. I That's mean, there's right. so many issues once you unpack it. Vintage cars. Should you get <laughs> ah, into that? Don't get me started on vintage coins. cars. How many coins. Don Bradman coins have you got? Those florins, you know, <laughs> gradually accumulating there in the bottom of the drawer. And that's only in the first half. Got it. Space. Space. It's the final frontier, and Australia is on its way to Saturn in the Jedinac Orbiter. Once we stop bludging on the blind side. Yes, and... 
And if you want to be part of the show, then the text number is 0467 uh, and the old-fashioned way is RoyNHG at abc.net.au. And what show would you be coming part of? You'd be coming part of Bludging on the Blind Side. Roy, who's been on the blower this week? Uh, yes, uh, Paul's been in touch, HG. Um, and this is a bit of a scandal. <laughs> uh, a right to expose a scandal goes to the highest levels of the CRL and ultimately the ARL. He's talking about the country rugby league. And the Australian Rugby League. I sought individual and team playing records for the now disbanded Group 5 Country Rugby League, which is now, I think, merged into the Group 19, I think, uh, in order to present them to my father as a gift. My father was the proud winger for the Glen Innes Magpies over the period 1959 to 65. The Golden Age, yeah. As Group 5 no longer exists, Dad remains the highest ever season try scorer at 23 tries. Wow, it must have been tough to fancy was playing against. Yep. In 64, Dad beat Clive Churchill in a kicking duel when an older Clive was playing for Maury Boomerangs as captain coach, having moved for a contract in his pre-twilight years. Uh, my father has also claimed to be the only man to ever knocked out a referee on the field and never been sent off or faced a tribunal. The hapless ref was knocked out cold, running across in front of a penalty kick for the line. He was struck in the back of the head by the ball. Apparently the ref hung up the whistle after the incident, never to blow the pee again. Well, I can understand. You can imagine my shock, horror and total amazement when making inquiries about the said wonderful records to find all records have been lost, destroyed and discarded. This is nothing short of a national disgrace. Yeah, but why? Is that part of the National Archive issue that's... Well, I was going to say that didn't the National Archives get a big whack of money... To uh, digitise. To digitise records records. exactly like this? Yeah. Now, you know, if I was Paul, I'd approach the National Archives and see if they've got anything. See what rugby league records they have. See what rugby league records they have. They might have a lot of boxes. They might have old newspapers from the area. Yeah, good thinking. That they might have digitised. His father, Tony Biddle, yes, he was 59 to 65, he terrorised them on the wing. Now, can I ask who he's approached? Does he approach no, he Somebody. hasn't approached anyone. He's approached the uh, the uh, the uh, country rugby league, and they've told him to you know nick off. The ARL, no, no, well, no isn't it the sort of there. thing that uh, Mr. Entertainment Valendis? Well, I would, would approach. I, I would approach Talkback Radio, your commercial Talkback Radio, and raise it there. Certainly in the area. In the area, yes, yeah. definitely. And I bet you people at home have every bit of record. Yeah. There would be someone. Yeah, somebody would have been. Someone would have it in their, you know, in a in box the in, the, in the shed, yep. Now, this is a lovely rugby league story. Um, this has come from Dion. He says, I, I was listening to the story of Roy Simmons and Dick Tingle. We talked about this. Oh, yes. might, might have been last week. Dick we Tingle did. was the journalist. Yeah. And I was reminded of an incident that occurred on an overseas trip my wife and I took some 15 years ago. Yes. Should there be a language warning here, Roy? No, I don't think so. After a six-week tour of Europe, flying on European airlines. We were looking forward to boarding the flying kangaroo and returning to Australia. I know they feel. Now, we were under the pump. We were running out of time. Uh, Our connections were tight. We reached the front of the line, anxiously looking at the clock, when the gentleman in customs, this is at uh, Heathrow, uh, took my wife's passport and curiously stared at it. My wife is from a small country town in northwest New South Wales called Weewar. That is a famous son by the name of Jamie Lyons. Jamie had recently returned from playing for St Helens to Australia. Mm-hmm. The gentleman looked at the two of us and said, We war. Isn't Jamie Lyons from We war? At this point, my wife said, Yeah, he was in my brother's year at high school. 
The man at customs said he was an official at the St Helens Club and after some chit-chat, promptly whistled us straight through onto the flight. Wow. He's one, I thought this was a great example of rugby league speaking an international language and perhaps could be used as a passport in much the way the proposed vaccine passports if you did have a rugby league connection. Well, <clears throat> look, I, I just think of all those people who will be travelling to the World Cup next year. Yes. Uh, if they could uh, take... We wore as an example. Yes. And make connections yes. with people. If you do teams. have some association with rugby league, yes. have it on mention, your person. And mention and it. mention it to the yes. person at customs because yes. you never know. Well, that's how we got into Japan. Yes, it we is. Had the we had the rugby league connection. Yeah. And the block of, you know, yeah. fruit and nut. That's it. Uh, now, this comes from Matthew at Stanwall Park. He said, um, it's come to my attention that Ken Irvine is not a rugby league immortal. The NRL season 2023 will be the 50th year uh, Mongo will have held the first-grade try-scoring record of 212 tries, a record more impressive as he spent most of his career with a, a rubbish North Sydney team. The one bright side of Ken staying a mere mortal is that Billy studs up Slater at 190 tries cannot be made a more, an immortal ahead of him, so he says. I have a suggestion on how to improve the immortals' classification. Pick a team of 17 immortals in their preferred positions. When a player comes along better than one of those 17, they are replaced by them. The definition of immortal might be compromised by this process, so I'd be happy with a reserve-grade immortal team. Cameron Smith seems destined to become an immortal, but when there is a hooker that has played 500 matches and won nine straight origins, Cameron gets dropped to the reserve-grade immortal team or onto the first-grade immortal team's bench. It's not a bad idea. Well, because if you go on, you'd have a third grade, <laughs> wouldn't you? And a fourth grade. Fourth grade. So, grade. so there'd be sort of first grade immortals, then your flags, flag immortals, <laughs> then your SG balls. balls. Yeah. Well, I, it's not well, a bad idea. No, but because you've got to you've got to expand. You've got to think of the future. You know, yeah. fifty years time, who's going to be talking Cam Smith? Oh well, maybe they will be. Well, he's got his show. Well, he's got and his tax stuff. Ta- yeah. Tax stuff. I mean, that's going to be exciting to just go and see him work the double. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, this comes from Darren. He says, happy rugby league. I've just seen an interview with a man of feathers read the Brisbane lockdown for NRL players. Yeah. He states, uh, we need our protocols to be foolproof. Foolproof, he says, question mark. <laughs> the current NRL COVID ship of fools has the following passages. The St George Dragons, Jai Arrow, Apisai Carousel, James Roberts. Good luck. Wow. What what does he mean by foolproof? He means yes. that will Wayne Bennett be able to go and get the Carbonara in Leichhardt? Yeah, I guess that's he, I what I mean, he, he, he doesn't mean that that would be breaking any sort of protocol. No. That's just Wayne wanting to get hungry and go mm, off and have a bite. No. Look, I, I think the lesson for rugby league players is, sure, don't get caught. I know. <laughs> hey. Have well, a few and beers, coaches. sure, but and coaches. Get bloody caught. Um, now, Konishiwa, this comes ah, yes. from Mary Ann. She Good. says, uh, thanks for your surreal coverage from Tokyo. Oh! In your tours of Japan, have you ever had time to talk to sumo clubs about the opportunities for rugby league players? You know, I can't think of a rugby league player who's tried out for sumo, HG. I don't think that's ever happened. I know Glenn Lazarus talked about it sometime, 
But he got that stern rot, remember? He's, he did, uh, he couldn't go on. He couldn't go on. He had to go into Parliament. Yes. To find employment. Th- that's right. Now, one bit of sumo news. Yes. Is remember we broke the story on uh, Dodging Armageddon about how a sumo statue yes. was scaring horses. That's right. Now they've moved it. They've moved oh, the statue. Oh, good on them. That's very wise. Where have now, they put it? Because it's going to scare someone no matter where you put it. it <laughs> if I was them, I'd destroy it. Well, break it into parts until time to change. Oh, okay. You know, until I mean, sensibilities change. And exactly. We can, we can accept a big yeah. winking sumo <laughs> and not be scared by it. Uh, this has come from Craig. Uh, he says, I watched the 110 men's finals where uh, Hansel Parchment won gold, a gold medal at the age of 31. Tamson provided one of her interesting insights Good. in that Hansel has a psychology degree, giving him, therefore, the capability to focus on a hurdle and jump it. Do you think young hurdlers should start the study of psychology so as to improve their hurdling and reduce their times? She can't have said that. <laughs> focus on the hurdle and jump it. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're running, sometimes you forget. You know, it's, look at our hurdler bloke. His, his name has just escaped me. But yeah, if I, know. I think about it for long enough, mm. I'll remember him. Hoff, wasn't it? Yeah, Hoff. Mm. Exactly. Brilliant. Kicked Brilliant. over every hurdle all the way. And some of his mates. Hasn't got a psychology degree. If he had a psychology degree, he might. You know, put Bit two and two golf. together. Oh, hello. You mean over the hurdle? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, now I get it. I thought I had to kick him down. I thought I was the only one doing the right thing. I was the only one doing it. No Go wonder on, I man. felt down in the no dumps. No wonder I looked at an idiot. That's it. <laughs> and if you want to get involved, remember Roy and HG at abc.net.au. Bludging on the Blind Side is calling for an annual Rugby League address to the nation to be delivered at dawn on National Rugby League Day, September the 8th. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, we mentioned uh, before the track that, uh, you know, a psych degree is very handy and, you know... Yeah. Hurdling. Hurdling. Mm-hmm. Now, it's probably useful for a lot of things, you know. Well, I was just going to come to that mm-hmm. because the stress test mm-hmm. seems to have built both the rugby sevens who didn't do so well yeah. and our Australian swimming. Yep. And how it worked was it was this is from uh, the Nine newspaper. It was early on a February morning when the members of the Australian swim team were abruptly broken at their Gold Coast training camp and told to put on a face mask and pack their race suits. Mm-hmm. Uh, fatigued and heavy, from heavy training, they were put on a bus and had no idea of where they were going. They were told to get ready to compete. When they got to the Bond University pool, they found the stands full of spectators and fireworks going off behind the starting blocks. They were being trained to perform irrespective of what madness was going on around them. Michael Bowl, an, an Australian team coach for, f- for 30 years, said uh, that uh, the day was the catalyst for what his team produced on the final day in Tokyo swimming competition, a come-from-behind victory in the women's medley relay to earn a ninth gold medal and make this the most successful Australian tour in the rest of yes, history, obviously. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. we come back to... I wondered what had gone on there, HG, because they, they really did have a, a terrific attitude, didn't they? They did. Now... It doesn't always work. Remember the Adelaide Crows, mm. I think, after they lost the grand final, were given a bit of a psych rev up mm. by all getting on the bus with paper bags on their heads mm. and having to listen to, uh, we're from Tigerland, oh, yes. over and over and over again while they drove around in circles and end up in my ponga. Yeah. Now. Yeah, that doesn't work. It, it doesn't. Yeah. But um, Well, that's why you need a psychi- psychology and a psychiatry degree, HG, to come up with. You know, a stress test that uh, works. It, 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 that works. Thank yeah. you. 
Thank that you. doesn't. I mean, anyone, anyone can think up stupid, great, things, stri- stupid things to do. You know, let's get the players up at two a.m. and they've got to stick a newspaper up their date, set fire to it, and run around the block. And yeah. you know, on paper, you think, oh yeah, that could work. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we try it? But it doesn't work. Now, you just get players with burning rings. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> that's it not good. Help you play? No, no. Now that the other thing, of course, is if it. They won, yeah. then they'd trace it back to the thing that was different was the paper up the date, light and oh, running around. Yeah, yeah so, true. Now, true. Then we come to, that's obviously a positive yeah. test. Now we come to the downside is, mm-hmm. uh, from the buses stormed by SAS soldiers to poetry at sunrise, these were unusual tactics gold mm-hmm. medal coach Tim Walsh has used to inspire the sevens, Australian sevens. You can see where this is going. Yeah. All we can think is we can't wait to get on the plane so we can get pissed for the whole competition. Yeah. From buses stormed by SAS soldiers to the, you know, obviously the selection delivered through poetry, uh, these were unusual tactics. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, Walsh masterminded the women's seven r- golden run okay. in Rio, yes. inspiring a surge in popularity for women's rugby and helping to lay the groundwork for the rising competitions such as AF, uh, well, AFLW and NRLW. Yeah, good, yes. Now he's in charge of the blokes. Right. Uh, he, um, well, he decided that... Um, he had sent them private message to meet at the rooftop at 6.31am and not to tell anyone. Oh. Um, this is so it's a bit of a mystery, a bit of a mystery message. You've mystery got to be message. up on the rooftop. Yeah, at, like that show, you know. 20 minutes, like SAS. Yeah, like SAS. Oh, be ready to go. Right. Anyway, M- Morris. 21 minutes past 6 hg a very specific time. Was that it? 31, 31. Sorry. 31. I baffled there for a minute. Right. 21, I knew it was wrong, yeah, yeah. but 31, I have to get it 31 right. 31 minutes after, after 6. After 6. Morris Longbottom, star of the squad, was so concerned because of what he had experienced previously that he asked the coach what he needed. Walsh responded, a bit of courage. A bit of courage. You can see good. a film in this Yeah, game. you can. You know, I mean, you can see yeah. some of the younger stars. Players not being able to sleep, you know, know. eye oh, on the clock. Tick, 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 Do tick, I have tick, enough tick, courage? Tick, yeah. You know, Russell Crowe playing, uh, you know, the coach. Coach. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> losing a few pounds to do it. As sun rose up over the Pacific, Walsh announced his squad for the Tokyo Games and delivered a handwritten poem to each member. Wow. Mm. A bespoke poem. A bespoke poem. Now, right. look, I, I... It was in the form of a sort of rhyming couple not of Not bad. Now, I yeah. was going to say, I'll give you a couple of examples. Good. I'm not providing a commentary here. No. Uh, because, let's face it, each to their own. Mm. Why now, were these kept private? How come the, these, these personal poems have been made public? Who released them to the press? I would say once the uh, once the uh, sevens were over, yeah, they were able. Everything fell out of contract, so it wasn't. Oh, okay. You know, un- yep. Now, this is Nick Maloof. Mm. This man he delivers stability, initiates and drives standards with sensitivity. Through the darkest of days, he was our believer, staunch and unrelenting. He is our leader. We target him for restart possession. Airborne, he leaves an impression. Day to day, minute to minute, he will never tire. Nick, Mal- Nick Maloof, Maloof, he's on fire. Isn't that terrific? Mm. Airborne, Isn't he leaves terrific? an impression. The only yeah. thing, usually airborne, you leave nothing. Yeah, that's, 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 that's all right. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of artistic licence. That's fine. This is. Uh, well, what an impression that must have made upon him. It would have shocked him, wouldn't it? Shocked him. Here to I am think. in a poem. I know. He would have been phoning home. Guess what? <laughs> Mum, Dad, I'm in a poem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go back to bed. Now, it's only 6.31 in the morning. Now, the other thing is, should these be published? They are sort of published this way. Yes. They're put in a book, you know. Our, oh, okay. journey. Now, we come to Samu Karevi. Mm-hmm. Delivered us, 
Delivered to us from the home of Suntory, you come to us to share in the glory. Your faith is strong and your heart is full. You are ready to run harder than a... Bull? Well done. (laughs) Top of the class. An Australian with the blood of Fijian. You are our resident comedian. Can't quite do the wrong... With the bladder of a Fijian? You are an Australian with the blood of a Fijian. Oh, okay. Right. (laughs) Although bladder of... Yeah, wow. for thought. Just baffling. Yeah. Now, you're a resident comedian. Uh, your power is felt and your presence is heavy. Back in goal. Welcome, Samu Karevi. Oh, that's terrific. Doesn't quite scan the last line, but, you know. Well... <clears throat> it's terrific, though. Now, almost three years ago, with yeah. Australia needing to beat powerhouse nation South Africa to progress through to the finals on the Sydney Sevens, mm. Walsh pulled out his scrapbook and started writing. Yep. An hour before kickoff, Walsh delivered his first poem to the team. Wow. So it's under a lot of pressure. Yeah. I was racking my brain about how to get them relaxed and happy. I wrote this poem and at, and at the end there was rapturous applause and laughter. We had a really good warm-up and went out to beat them. Yes. And from then on I thought, geez, these poems work. Yes. Well, one win doesn't prove much, but no. be that as may. Has he done a psychology degree, this bloke? Yeah. You? Yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Walsh's extraordinary tactics worked a treat ahead of the Rio Games. Mm. It's a method he has continued with since, since taking over the blokes, and with one of his first moves was to have the soldiers just torn the team bus before dawn to see how the players reacted under pressure. Yes. I, how did they react? Is she? And were the, what, what writing instructions were given to the SAS? Was, shoot them. Shoot them. <laughs> they were woken up at a ridiculous hour, shipped yeah. in a bus, and we stopped at an army camp in Brisbane, mm. and a couple of SAS soldiers stormed onto the bus and started screaming and pulling them out. Screaming? With, yeah, screaming. Right. And pulling them out with nothing. Now, what... What, I, I what just, were they looking for? Someone with a fake leg. That sort <laughs> ah, of thing. Ah, well done. Now, ever since then, there's been some fear about it, uh, about, and it's about the getaway. It was the, sorry, about the gateway. It was the gateway to the sevens t- team. Yes. You've got to enter through, the, enter through this season's foundation. You can get what he, the, yeah, the yeah, idea yeah, is. Yeah. Perhaps, though, it's uh, Walsh's curly methods. Australian seven team in his, was in his best shape ever to tackle what's ahead. Right. They the, didn't do so well in the Olympics, though, did they? No, no. Mm. Um, well, maybe the poultry is going to work once or twice. It can't. Maybe the SAS invading the bus is going to work maybe once. You've got to come up with a separate wheeze, haven't you? You do. You've got to mm. find, and then you're making a rod for your back. Yeah, you've got all to come the time. up with a weird wheeze every time. What's he going to come up with this time? Oh, uh, this one's not very good. Has he thought, SAS, about, oh. has he thought about ball security and passing? Yes. And speed? Yes. He doesn't seem to think about those no. things. They don't matter. No. What about a poem about that, about how to hold a, hold a ball? <laughs> It's a captain's call, thanks, ref. Blokes, let's have a bludge on the blind side with Roy and HG. Now, back to the swimming. Yeah. I uh, remember, of course, they had the, uh, you know, the army and, you know, the fireworks and the crowd and everything. Mm-hmm. Swimming Australia was ridiculed in some quarters for establishing a collaboration with the Australian Defence Force to teach its athletes to become more resilient in high-risk stress situations. Criticism, who from? Well, <clears throat> is that what the army's known for? I mean, is that why we resilience? Well, is that why we've got these people roaming around in parts of Sydney, as I understand it? Yes. From the media, yeah. uh, with their army uniforms on, and we've right. got uh, somebody I think called Fruin, who's a top-level army bloke, right. uh, running the running the running the show. This is JJ. Um, JJ, yeah, yeah, yeah he's a jabs in arm man, yes. or jabs with a bayonet if yeah. you don't want it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, the 
Uh, I didn't know the, the the army had much to do with the swimmers. That's, well, and, that's great. And is this a professional relationship? And should the army volunteer their services in this for nothing, or should they be paid? Do you yeah. understand what I mean? Is it a professional thing, or is it just sort of haphazard? Uh, you know, Ariana Titmus can pop into the army barracks and yeah. have a somebody. I don't know. I was going to say let off a thrupney bunger nearer or something yeah. like that. Well, look, I think. Traditionally, actually, the army in various nations has had a con- contribution to make to the Olympic movement. I, I think um, the first one of the first medals won in rowing was uh, an American naval rowing group. They'd come from the navy and other other nations. Oh no, no, have, that's your, your true dad. Yeah, the same yeah, with I mean, your your Germans, yeah, uh, your, and your, your Russian Russians, teams. Often, I think that often there are a lot of army. Remember, Rulong Garner, yes. knocked over the. Uh, I think it was a, a member of the Russian in yes. the Greco-Roman yes. in Sydney. I think all that's those right. years ago. That's right. Yep. Now the coach said the collaboration with the ADF was designed to address one, the one thing that cannot be replicated in a swimming pool in a swimming pool mm. outside an Olympic Games: pressure to perform in what. He calls a circus of unexpected circumstance and unusual pressure. Oh, right. Lord. I mean, okay. I'm sure other people could provide that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But the swimmers did have that. You, you know, they, they nothing could yeah, throw true. them off. True. You know, and some some of the swimmers, HG, they, 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 they com- compete, set a world record, five minutes later, Compe- back in the pool, compete. competing, set a world, world record, record. <clears throat> five minutes later, what, you're on again? Yeah, back in the pool. Another, tremendously resilient. Yes, yes. So it has paid off. So now this is why Taylor, the current coach, sprung the surprise competition of his swimmers. Yes. This is going back to earlier well, this year. Well, they had to swim against the Navy or the Army? No, just against each other, but they had the crackers <laughs> going off in the background. Crackers, and, all right. You know, the fireworks of the crowds and yep. stuff like this. Yep. Everyone in Australia swimming has understood that these nine days of competition in Tokyo would be the ultimate stress yeah. test of what they'd built. Right. Now, are our, remember, the only thing I can compare it to is, remember we spoke to the South African rugby side? Yes. And they were uh, put through the most amazingly yes. stupid forms of uh, pressure and stress testing. Yes. I remember they were out in the uh, veldt, you know, often uh, buried up to their eyeballs. That's right. That's right. And smeared with honey and ants released. Exactly. <laughs> now, that puts you under stress. It does. Because you don't know what the ant's going to do. You don't know if the ant's just going to take the honey or whether they're going to eat you. Or going to eat your face. Yeah. Yes. Especially when you see other skulls <laughs> lying around. Yeah. Uh, so that puts you under an enormous amount of stress. Actually, the, the Olympic women's golf is suspended because of thunderstorms. I thought I heard something. Thunder. Wow. And I noticed on the uh, feed from the uh, yeah. kayak course that it's raining, which yes. would make it very difficult to. Get a good time. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But that puts a lot of pressure on the uh, the on quarter, doesn't it? It does. You don't want a thunderstorm when you're on a roll. Yeah, yeah, I know. You don't you want a thunderstorm in a You know, I mean, you can yeah, but think that's where the army. Trevino, but you yeah, know. well, that's where the army had come in. Yes, it would. You know, you play with the bombs going that's off right. and they're, they're firing slug guns at you that's and right. hitting the club right. and all that sort of stuff. That's better in a thunderstorm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new noise in rugby league cheese this season. Try the creamy Tamalolo Brie or the fruity Cronk Gorgonzola from the master Melbourne cheesemaker, Jesse Bromwich. Details at your nearest league cheddar outlet on bludging on the blind side. Now, Roy, 
This is an old chestnut. Do we pay Australian athletes enough for winning gold? And I know this sort of goes every which way. It does. um, But we have on the the dodging Armageddon revealed that, uh, say, people who got gold for the Philippines, they got a, you know, the one gold medalist got a house and 800,000 and Singapore has, uh, was followed closely by Hong Kong, which offers 875,000 for gold. Indonesia and Thailand both offer more than 400,000. Australia hands out much more modest rewards in comparison to other world leaders. Australian athletes are rewarded, as I understand it, 20,000 for gold, 15 for silver and 10 for bronze. Oh, okay. Now, this is... um, this is all needs to be set in a context because there are possibilities of earning money yet to be revealed. Now, you know, you and I believe that the two fruits, whoever's oh, making... Oh, Golden Valley, yes. Yeah, the, 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 Golden the, Valley. The new awesome foursomes. The new awesome foursome. Yeah. Or the We've breakfast. got two lots of awesome foursomes. We've got the men's and the women's. So hang on, let's imagine two sets of two fruits. Two sets of so two fruits, So you might fruits, have yeah. pineapple and pears. Yes. And apricot and pears. Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was limited to mix and match fruits, HG. I think it was just golden fruits in general. Oh, okay. The, it could the, be just a tin of pineapple, nothing else, and uh, swirling around the head of the singer singing Golden Valley Fruit. It was great. Now, and then you've got your breakfast cereal. Yeah. Now, in the, in the past, the breakfast cereal has been a great home for Olympians to strut their stuff. Yeah. But all that has to be junked because we've got so many, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of boxes will have to go to the landfill yeah. because we've now got a new set of Olympians who need to advertise. There's no yeah, point using right. the last line of Olympians to do it. No one will know who they are. No, that's, that's, that's true. That's true. Uh, what are you suggesting? Like sugar frosties? I don't know if you can still Cocoa Pops. It could be the face of Cocoa Pops. The face of Sugar Frosty, is that what you mean? Well, how about... Replacing <clears throat> Tony the Tiger or whoever it was. Well done. And and I am suggesting that. Yes. I'm suggesting, you know, if you want to win gold, eat these. All oh, right. So Emma, mean, Emma McKeon could be, be the face of Sugar Frosties. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, yeah. necessarily tell people how to organise this. No, 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 no. But, um, no, no. you know... But it might stretch credulity just a little bit, HG, because you'd imagine... You know, I don't, I don't want to talk Sugar Frosties down, but I, I, I don't know if Emma would be the sort of person who would how into Sugar Frosties every morning. Well, I, 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 just, I, jump I don't know. Ho- I jump higher on Sugar Frosties, says Nicola McDermott. Oh, okay. I mean, stretch yeah, yeah, credulity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are you talking sure. about? This is the advertising industry, Roy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Remember the great white shark with the Holden? I do. Well, I don't know if Shark ever really drove a Holden. With the clubs in the boot. Yeah, with the clubs in the boot. With statesmen, remember Statesman, they, yeah, they, with the big boot. I know. Remember they big couldn't sell them? Easy, they they couldn't sell them. Kid in the back. Yeah, that's right. You could live in there. Yes. <clears throat> but I take your point. I mean, yeah. the Statesman, uh, you know. That was a great mark. There's no I, two ways about it. But I, I never saw Shark in one. No. And can I. And I bet no one ever saw Shark driving around in one either, ever. Now, can Apart I... Apart from when they were shooting the commercial. Well, and even then, I don't think he was in it. He was just standing near the boot. Yeah, pointing out what they've yeah. done, the badging and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, we come to the idea that a Holden Statesman is only worth about 10 grand now, whereas other great marks, oh, yeah. you know, that have had the touch-up, they're... Yeah, you, know, you can't... Yeah. Monaros and stuff like sure, that. Sure, 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 sure. You know, you can't... No, but when money. it comes to cars, we've got to look at the future. I mean, if, if you know, the Australian swimmers are going to associate themselves with a the car now, They'd want to go with the electric vehicles. Yes, or of course, they? of course, of course. That'd be of the course. future. The Leaf or whatever it's called. Oh, the Leaf. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Just, you know, yeah. Okay. I drive a Leaf. What do you drive? 
sort of thing. Oh, sort of thing, just straight down the barrel. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I reckon, yeah. you know, that, that's your big selling point. Yeah. You may have a, you know, on the metal dais with the yeah. bite in the metal. That, that's true. Hello, I'm Ariane Titmus. And I drive a leaf. Yeah, and I'm a gold medal and winner. And I'm a gold medal winner. And here you can I win. Here, I'm biting my... Yeah. yeah, and you can win a gold medal if you drive a leaf. Yeah. Sort of idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. A gold medal for the environment. Okay. I don't want to write the copy. No, 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 no. Do no, that. no you they don't get paid to. to do that. Well, you could segue from biting your gold medal to biting a hamburger. September the 8th, sleepers wake. This is bludging on the blind side. Now, uh, Roy, you've made mention of this, but the house in which the um, the families gathered, especially during the first week yes. on Channel oh, the 7. the pods. <clears throat> the pods, yeah. Yes, now, with Dawn and Co. Dawn and, and Co. And, yeah. Uh, I now, love that. People I'm, love that. Well, the... Um, uh, I think Gina Reinhardt was yeah, she uh, organised it. She organised it. And so yeah. a mover and shaker, Gina Reinhardt, yep. is tr- uh, tracking uh, <clears throat> for a 12th gold medal, as in... The in the pods, yeah. they had twelve gold medals without right. even donning a tracksuit. Right. So I think her twelfth would have been if the beach volleyballers had won. So okay. they had nine swimming, uh, two gold. Yep. Um, so that's eleven, and the twelfth was going to be the beach volleyballers. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. did the family have to live in the house? They did. That, oh, yeah, it was okay. very cramped. It was a real commitment. Wasn't it? Mm. The they had to sit there all day on the off chance that the red light goes on on the camera and they've got to be there. Cheering. Cheering. Yeah. And appear up and happy. And yeah. Over the moon. And holding up packets of Frosties. Oh. And, you Sugar Frosties. Were there, yeah, were there commercials frosties. in that? Well, no, just the, obviously, I'm eating this, you should be too. Oh, okay, idea. you. Didn't have to spell it out. Yep. The moral of the story is simple and inescapable. Money means medals. Reinhardt sponsors four sports and only synchronised swimming has failed to deliver a medal. Wow. Well, that's the one to get out of, isn't it? Right. Well, well, has the AOC then got to approach, say, like Macquarie Bank or <clears throat> BHP or Twiggy Forest? Or, or... Well, I think Mindaroo, if that's the Twiggy Forest arm, has a similar sort of thing. Do they? What I... Fortescue puts in puts into to athletes? Uh, good question. There's certainly a certain... Well, they certain... should. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. It should Big Bo from... Bow repairs. repairs. Do now, bow repairs put in? Yeah, fortune. Bob Jane T-Mart? They put in a million Good. bucks a day. Good. <laughs> it's Good. not It's not a coincidence, said uh, Natalie Cook, you know. Natalie Cook. You know, yeah. the 2000 Olympic so medalist. and Cook. Cook. Potass and Cook. Cook. Yeah. The money provides, uh, the money Gina provides makes such a difference. It, it, it has everything to do with those medals and helps athletes get by week to week. Now, that is a big call. Very big call. Because we know... The stress test mm-hmm. is a big part of it too. Yes. You know, you can be as broke as you like, but that once you get in that pool and the yeah. fireworks go off and stuff like that, yes. you remember, oh, hang on a minute, I'm okay here because, you know, they let a few thripney bungers go mm-hmm. near me, you know, yeah. in training. Sure. Sure. So anyway, they may find they can go to an extra, this is Cook again, an extra physio session and not have to rush back to prepare lunch, all those things add up. Yeah, I suppose they do. We need more Genas, but we have to build on what they've achieved in Tokyo mm. as far as high-performance funding is concerned. Cook said Australian athletes had excelled despite the system rather than because of it. That's a big call. That is it? a big call. What the system's working against our athletes, and it's only the slack being picked up by our mining industry, that's delivering us gold in the pool. Is that, that the is suggestion? A, that is a big call. That is a very big call. How about the Army? They're yes. letting off the bombs and getting the crowd yeah, there yeah, and yeah, blowing yeah, the yeah, things yeah. up. Yep, yep, yep. And then, oh, 
waking the sevens up and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Reinhardt makes an annual $1.4 million investment in Australia's uh, top 50 rowers. Right. Directly funding a weekly wage of 525 each. Good. To the best 25 and top 25 women, allowing them to train full-time at sports training bases. Okay. Right. So, okay. centres of excellence. So, you don't have, a, have to have a part-time job now. You can... You can go... You can call gender. yourself absolutely professional... Yeah, from the start. From the start. She, uh, Gina joined Can we get her involved in our cycling? That appears to need yeah, some does, assistance. Yeah, it needs a bit of a Maybe Harvey Norman could get inside. I mean, is there a Harvey Norman Im- ambassadorship for some of our athletes? Cyclists. Well, I think that, you know, we're going to have to have a big debrief and work yes. all this out. Yeah. Anyway, the she joined the rowing ranks after Rio. Yes. And has, how'd we go in Rio in the rowing? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how we did. Anyway, and has allowed... Uh, the rowers to train together rather than being trained in different states. Right. Reinhardt said she planned to continue a selective f- funding of sport. I'm booked into Paris Olympics in 2024 yeah. in all four sports that we've outlined. I've been asked to continue to Los Angeles 2028. You never know. Might keep going. I really enjoy being involved, but the parents are the real heroes because they have been there since the journey began at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Now... Um, well, the parents are the heroes being stuck in that pod for the best part of a week. <laughs> Must have driven them nuts. I mean, it doesn't automatically mean you're going to get on with the other parents of other athletes. And what happens if you, you know, don't? Sure, you got off. something in common. Oh, yeah. Did you ever get sick of going to the pool? Oh, did I ever? Mm. You know. What time were you taking? Four thirty. Same here. Footy coaches are the big raps coming your way this season. You don't know what to do with all those feathers? Why not slip into a pair of Blandy slacks? Now available in your shade of brown, but only from bludging on the blind side. Yes, and maybe you should move on to the second bit of fat for the afternoon if we are ready to go. We are ready. Okay, the Olympic poster pack. Uh, the Dream and the Cream, mm-hmm. uh, plus uh, Dennis Cunahan's Rugby League, the Decade of Big Hits, and another pin. This is a TEDx pin. So it's an odd collection of pins that we're giving away. But you never know, it might spark an interest in a, a winner who thinks, oh, I'll move on from here yeah. and collect pins. So it's a good prize for some lucky listener who can answer the following question. Roy. Uh, what tertiary education do you need for hurdling? <laughs> right. What tertiary education do you need for hurdling? What sport single-handedly turned Gallipoli from a loss into a win? Rugby League. Celebrated here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Who are we talking to, Roy? Uh, Yes, uh, (coughs) Andrew of Darling Point has joined us. Happy Rugby League, Andrew. Happy Rugby League, gentlemen. Yep. Now, how are you putting in your day? Are you still glued to the box watching the, uh, what would it be, a bit of rowing, a little bit of water polo, etc.? I've got the Americans playing basketball. I watch basketball every four years and never in between, and there's lots of other sports we're all watching that we watch. Once every four years. Oh, so you're watching the gold medal playoff between France and the United States? I am, that's right. And who's, there, who's winning? The United States should have this one, shouldn't they? Yeah, they're ahead by about 10 points at the moment. How do you think the Boomers would have gone against France? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, given all my expertise of basketball, which is, you know, a couple of hours every four years, yeah. 
we would have got them on grace and dignity. Yes, yes, uh, yes. well yes. spotted. Yes. Yes. Now, are there any other sports that you have a great affection for once every four years and sometimes only for a couple of hours, like the javelin last night where uh, we did very well, uh, you know, and... Uh, we did. You know, got the bronze. Yeah, we got bronze, yeah. yes. Did you I watch Did you watch that, Andrew? I watched the javelin. I watched Kelsey Lee, who loves her meat, and she did very well given the protein she eats because the advertising tells us that. Yes. I, I think it's almost every single sport I'm an expert in for 20 minutes every four 20 minutes. Years. Well, that's that, that's all you need. And what did you think of her technique? And did, did you find it weird that, uh, you know, she used to have the yips, which we couldn't really understand, and the harder she no. tried, the worse she threw, and now she's relaxed, she's throwing better. That was one of those rare moments of commentary where I didn't really understand what I was being told. No, I didn't either. I found that baffling, absolutely baffling. <laughs> But in the end, it's your own judgment about these things, yeah. um, isn't it, Andrew? You know, you know as much about Ryan Corser about the shot put. Uh, I mean, he got yeah. gold, obviously, because he's the world champ. But, mm. you know, you can see the technique of the others where you they You can see fail. what they're doing wrong. Correct. And why they're not well, winning the gold. The lesson is not to try too hard. Yes. Well, the, oh, be relaxed. I mean, isn't that uh, what uh, tamsin has been trying to drill into us for the last week, that you've got I to be relaxed? And I tell, tell you what, our 100-metre hurdler... Hoff, he was relaxed, super relaxed. Super relaxed, yeah, too relaxed. Well, I mean, you can too, too relaxed. It's, it's, not, it's not, well, it's easy to get over them all. You may clip a few on the way through, mm. but to knock them all over, that requires real concentration. Jeff, no. what I liked about Huffy, every other single person I've seen at the games, every single one looks ridiculously fit, yes. lean, athletic, everything about it. Hoffy just looked like a normal bloke. Well, he did. He he looked like, uh, rather than a runner, he looked like a barger. He barged over, didn't he? <laughs> and I like that about him. Yeah. It was refreshing. What would you like to see him advertising? I mean, <laughs> would you like to see him, you know, parked in the front seat of a car or? or do they still make uh, those little bobcat, little tiny tractor things? Yes. The pushing things that, I don't know, devices that push things around or push things over. Not I know, it's a bit too, bit too specific to the building industry, but, you know, tractor-type things, you know, yes. industrial vehicles. Okay, well, that's well, not a bad I'll idea. tell you what it'd be as if, I, I know wrecking isn't, uh, as in dem- demolition. Yeah. If there was a demolition firm, I can see him doing great mm. business for them. Mm. I can knock it well, over, yeah. you know. Or a reality TV show where people knock houses over instead of build them. What a lovely idea. What a lovely Don't idea. Get, demolition. Yeah, I'd, I'd write to nine straight away about yep, that. with that idea, yeah. Demolition. Well, like families we involved in demolitions. One family <laughs> versus another. <laughs> and I tell you what, that's not as silly as it sounds because no. I keep uh, reminding people of Fred Vella who knocked a house over for charity and the charity was to get a kidney machine for Malta where he came from. Isn't that wonderful? It's well, wonderful. You think karate, wasn't it? Yeah, he was a karate, karate expert. Yeah. Yeah. Could take it out. You know, obviously the cistern and the fowlerware slowed him up but he just kept going, punching holes there's through everything and it all fell over in the there's end. There's specialist items. Yes. That's right. Yes. You save them to last. <laughs> Uh, now, send now, out the question, the question and Andrew, was, have a swing at it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's much, uh, I don't think you're going to struggle too much here, Andrew. What tertiary education do you need for hurdling? You need a psychology degree. You do. You, you do. do. You now, do. 
It's hard to go, though, to get those two things lined up, don't you think, Andrew? You know, the- what, what Andrew was getting at is, wasn't there a uh, product called a crown? There is nothing like a crown for, for picking, picking it, it up and, and putting, putting it down. down. I still think they've got that. <laughs> well, he could be the face of crown or he just could. parked on one. He could. Barging into things. <laughs> well, th- lots of things rhyme with husk. Someone's going to find the word tusk. Ah, yeah, true, true. Ah, you'll be writing most, poetry for the bloody idea, uh, Wallabies or the, the, sevens. Uh, the Sevens. Okay, Andrew, look, yeah. the uh, poster pack, the uh, Dennis Carnahan, the musical rugby league and the pin, we'll get them in the mail to you as soon as we can. They'll be at your place. In the meantime, thanks very much for bludging on the blind side. How to build a healthy community? <laughs> Form a club. <laughs> build a clubhouse. <laughs> Win matches. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. And, Roy, uh, obviously uh, the celebrations are just beginning, really, for the team coming home. I'm not sure how we're going to keep focus for the next fortnight what with AFL and rugby league and all this uh, cricket and so on in between. Somehow we'll be able to do it. I think Aussies can split their focus. Yes, yes. I I, I do. I I think you you can take on – you know, I was flicking last night uh, in the hotel in Tokyo, which was extraordinary – being able to access a little bit of rugby league and flick between the, I mean, there are about 50 bloody channels covering the Olympics here in Tokyo. It was just astonishing. But uh, English used on very few of the channels, which locks me out a little bit. Now, coming to rewards. Mind you, I found the Japanese uh, commentating of the rugby rugby league. league Yeah, sensational. Yeah. You'd follow everything. I know. Now, now, coming to rewards for the athletes, obviously ticket tape parade. I mean, these are old ideas. They're I think well done I think that's uh, ideas. Got a, there's there's yeah. got to be a celebratory day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we mentioned that in passing during the week, HG, that, uh, or it might have been last week, um, that uh, Waddle Day could be Emma McKeon you did. Day. Yes, yes. I think that's an excellent and idea. And I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, maybe we could have a dedicated day to reward and show acknowledgement of our great athletes. Uh, you mentioned a ticker tape parade. Back in the day, I remember the Shamrocks one year when we won, we were given what was called a lifetime supply of shirts. Of uh, Palaco shirts? Palaco shirts, or yeah. it might have been Whitmont. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that had the bloke with, with the patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah Whitmont. Whitmont, yeah. yeah. Um, by lifetime, they, they, they gave us five shirts each. That was meant to last its lifetime. And now I think about it, I still think I've got one left. So they were good quality. You buy quality once, of course. Uh, something like that. Maybe have a couple of rooms carpeted or something like that. Be given stuff, you know, rather than cold hard cash, you can get sponsors involved in that way, like now, a life supply of, uh, of, of hamburgers from a particular... Are you, you saying know, Hungry Jacks or something now, like it, that? I well, don't know. Yeah, no, no. Pizzas I, from Domino's or yeah, something. Yeah, I know. I can see where you're coming from. Tires from Big know, Bow. Big Bow. Yeah. Now, can I ask? Are these given to the people in Australia, or are these given to the athletes? Because what would Not cement? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, hear me yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. What would cement mm-hmm. the idea of Emma McKeon Day? Yeah. Would be as if people, let's say, a hundred thousand people, yeah. got a lifetime supply of hamburgers that day. They would remember for the rest of their oh, life. You're so right. Emma McKeon, and you're eating. Yes. Obviously, you can't. Okay. You know, it's yeah. Waddle Day, Emma McKeon, and Emma McKeon nominates 100,000 Australians who are going to get a lifetime supply of hamburgers. That's is right. Is that it? Is that well, the sort of the, thing? That's the, it's so a she's going to be thing. sitting on the plane. Oh, she's got in lockdown. She's got two weeks to think about it. Can't no. be that hard. Just give her a couple of bloody telephone books. And, and a full scat yeah. But how about this? Uh 
big celebration, obviously. Emma, how does it feel to be back in Australia, etc.? Yeah. And well, you know, what are they you happy about? How surreal yeah. is it? Oh, yeah. real, real surreal, yeah. And you've got this big task to find a, yeah. you know, uh, 100,000 people <laughs> who are going to get the hamburgers. Yeah. But then mm. what they could do mm. would be say, and she would draw out of a barrel yes. a suburb. So Beautiful. let's call it Blair Athol in South yeah, Australia, yeah, yeah, yeah. outskirts of Adelaide. Sure. Everybody in Blair Athol, the big defined area by the Gets local a free council. car wash. Exactly. Now you're talking. <sighs> now you're talking. And then she might be able to do that. Let's say there are only 40,000 people living in Blair Athol. Yes. She'd have to go to another one. Say mm. Maitland in the Newcastle area. Yes. Everybody in Maitland gets a free car wash. I yes. mean, it simply writes itself, really. It does write itself. But yeah. that way it cements the idea of everybody tuning in to see Emma Day. That's and right. And then also that somebody gets something out of it so they remember forever the day that we got the free car wash. You're absolutely right. Now. But that is the future. Sharing the largesse with the people. Indeed. Indeed. Mm. No, spreading uh, it around. Spreading it around. Uh, and offering the f- certain families pulled out of a hat, you know, two months in Gina's pod. <laughs> now that With a Channel 7 camera on you all the time. <laughs> yes, we come You've got to be ready for the red light to come on to give us a wink. And uh, if that sounds like fun, <laughs> join us tomorrow for the final dodging Armageddon and next week when we continue bludging on the blind side. In the meantime, thanks for being part of the journey. Rugby League is the only code to assist in the development of both the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines. Fact. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.